My wife and I, we had a lot of fun, man, for a long time. But she had this girlfriend. That fucked it up. <laughs> With the big titties, you know the type of girlfriend I'm talking about, that I tried to ignore for six months. When she'd come in the house, like, Hello there, how you doing? I don't really notice your tits. Oh. I would like to be the mayor of Tit Town, if I could, okay? I'd like to drive a big truck full of tits down the Tit Turnpike right into the middle of Tit Town. Don't you wish the guy walking in front of us would squeeze our tits for like one second? Not an ass man. I'm a tit man. I like big ass boobs. Now and forever. Not like a black eye, Vita. <laughs> Give me back the tits! Welcome to Last Man on Earth. My name is Lex Jurgen. As always, I'm flanked by Matt Ralston. Matt's taking the news of Ellen DeGeneres' retirement rather hard. Did you even know, by the way, she just retired today? No. <laughs> oh, well, uh, by the way, Matt's taking it really hard. Hallelujah. <laughs> Outside of Ellen's wife, Portia, who now actually has to spend real time with Ellen, Matt may be the biggest victim. 3 p.m. is no longer share, laugh, and cry with Ellen time for Matt. That's a mighty big hole to fill. Is that um, code... Well, the show didn't get canceled. I no, no, she's, she has announced her... By the way, did you know she makes $50 million a year? <laughs> like, I didn't know it was that much. Like, I knew she made a... I, I, I'm always so shocked when I hear, like, Trevor Noah makes, like, $6 million a year or something like that. I'm like... Because he doesn't really get a lot of audience, for one thing. I mean, he gets, like, a million people. I think that's a lost leader. Yeah. Who, who would have thought that wouldn't work out too well? A South African guy. No, no problem with that whatsoever. Yeah. Talking about American politics, I see a, a conflict there. Because uh, you might not know what you're talking. But if you have a million, like the audience for John Stewart used to be like two or three million, and, mm-hmm. and, and I guess he made more. I don't know. Trevor Noah is like down to like a million or under. It's now niche kind of thing. But he still gets six million a year. So I'm wondering, like, if that's true, then the then the networks all along must be making a shitload of money off these people not sharing it. Mm-hmm. Because if you can get six million a year for an under a million audience, that means the network is making a lot more a lot more money than we thought. That means in theory, a viewer would be paying him six dollars per show, <laughs> stop it. and uh, stop no it. one would ever do that. No. So I'm just assuming in either foreign sales or syndication, whatever it is, they're making some way to make that money back because they're not. I don't think well, they're no, lost. they're losing money. And you think so? And they're running like you know Dom Herrera clips from 1995. I, <laughs> I, I don't. Need, I haven't watched Comedy Central in years. No, I haven't either. I mean, Ellen, I know, has a huge audience, and obviously, it's in, right in the moneymaker zone. Nothing against Dom Herrera, by the yeah. way. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it doesn't. Isn't no. I don't want to say that about Dom. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> this week's show is sponsored by Preferred Pronouns. Ever since you came, ever since you came on the scene, we've become angrier, dumber, and sufferably even more political of a country. Preferred pronouns for people who are quite certain they don't really matter. Um, so we were talking before the show started, and we're going to talk later about Chrissy Teigen. She's in this fight with uh, Courtney Stodden, who was a 16-year-old who got married like 10 years ago in Hollywood to Doug Hutchinson, who was an actor on Lost. Anyhow, there's a whole argument we're going to talk about in a little bit. But the thing that struck me is when I went to look at what the debate was, the whole debate had evol- evolved, devolved into a discussion of personal pronouns because Courtney Stodden has changed her pronouns to they from she. And so literally every single, com- 99% of the comments on this actually semi-important topic was about not mispronouncing her. She's now a they. She's not a trans person, but she's changed her pronouns to be she's just... She's just like a, she's a, like an effeminate woman, right? There's yeah, no yeah. gender ambiguity. No, b- big fake tits, all the whole yeah, thing. Yeah. But I mean, but she has decided that they is going to be her pronoun now. So like out of 500 comments, 498 were people yelling at people for not, for 
calling her she or not they and discussing like the we've really <laughs> just jumped the shark on this. Yes. This is ridiculous. Like you literally can't like can you imagine if it was like Syrian foreign policy? Like should we drop <laughs> and like the discussion in the war room started devolving into like what are the pro- what are the pre- everyone's preferred pronouns and like Well, I wonder cuz what I've been doing when faced with this question it, it bothers me. So I I kind of am a jerk yeah. and so I'll say like when you just call me her and see if someone will actually do it, which they don't, yeah. which means it's pointless. Um, but I don't know if that's an uncool move on my part. It sounds like that's what, St- what's her name, Stoden was doing? Courtney Stoden. I'm, I'm willing to accept the fact that if you go for the full, if you're El- Elliot Page, you go for the full breast cutoff, yeah. I'll call you he. I'm, sure. going, I'm going to he. You've earned that. Yeah, you've earned that. But if you're actually going to be appear as a woman and, and be this bodacious, buxom woman and just announce it because you have mental issues, you want to be they... I'm like, or remember uh, the Arquette brother who died? I want to be too mean. The one who died from AIDS, who was like, he said he could be a he or she based on the day, mm-hmm. and that you had to adjust to his pronouns on a daily basis. <laughs> I was like, yeah, th- I mean, that guy was just a jerk. Th- yeah. That's kind of what I'm talking about. So I'm not going to die of AIDS anytime soon. No. As far as I know. Um, but he did it, by the way. That, uh, God, what was it? I forget what his female male name was, the Arquette brother, but he did, I will say this coolest, coolest going out thing. When he was going out at the hospital, they played uh, David Bowie's uh, Ziggy Stardust. As he was put to basically put to sleep, <laughs> which, oh. by the way, not I don't want that to Weird happen. To me. Choice. I don't want that to happen to me in a. I think because he was androgynous and everything else. Right. I don't want that to happen to me in a hospital room. But if you're going to go out and you can play your own music, that's kind of a cool. It's kind of like picking your music when you walk up to the batting plate. Yes. <laughs> for your uh, last, for your very last at bat, for your very but last. But I'm wondering if I'm being a because I'm getting a new license, driver's license um, <clears throat> delivered. You know, you have to renew it. And so on the thing, I, I, I put her, but yeah. then I'm wondering if I need to contact them. Cause I, so I'm trying to draw attention to how stupid it is. Yeah. At the same time. I love the way you do it. That's soul slacktivist, soul slacktivist move. Oh, absolutely. Like clicking a box to the DMV. Totally. <laughs> that's your move. That's your but, move. So, A, it's kind of funny. If I showed it to like a buddy, they'd be like, you're an idiot. But if I get pulled over, I feel like the cop is like this motherfucker. Yeah. You yeah. can dress me as she and start getting angry. Yeah. It's so fucking stupid. Like I said, you cut off a you cut off your dick, you're a she. You cut off your tits, I'm going to go with he. If you're not committing anything other than on Twitter announcing you have new pronouns, you're on your you're on your own. I'm not, I'm not obligated to identify you under a new under a general neutral, neutral thing. I'm at an age now. I'm at that age when like I'm no longer 15 and willing to accept completely new customs just at whim. <laughs> like yeah. after all these years. Well, I don't know how it works because I I didn't have any bigots in my family growing up, and I don't. You must have a few soft bigots. Everyone's got a few soft bigots. No, I really? mean, I have like four family members total, so okay. I wasn't, I didn't have like a bunch of uncles and shit. But <clears throat> I've seen in like movies, a lot of people have like a racist uncle. So yes. we are that guy now. Like if I had a 12 year old daughter, she'd really? be like, What are you, you don't want to call her they? I, well, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, feel, like ra- no I feel like racists like 100 years ago and racists today are the same people. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, there was a lot of like, everyone said Negro or whatever. Like everyone said like the terminology wise, stuff like that. But they were actually like, I think the asshole racists 100 years ago were the same asshole racists today. Well, no. Yeah. I don't literally think that. I'm saying I'm wondering if we had a really annoying 10 year old girl sitting around that she would oh, yeah. characterize us. Oh, as yeah. That. Well, but here's the thing. So, like, I mean, you don't have to, you don't hate Hispanic people, but like, am I willing to say Latinx for Latin people? No. But at some point, I'm rooting for it to fail really hard. But at some point, if you don't do that, you're going to be called a racist or anti. Exactly. Someone's going to call you. So I don't, I don't think like actually wanting to murder or lynch or denigrate or enslave people 
is the same as not calling them by some new title, even if that person asks for it. Like if it's new, you know, maybe in a hundred years, fine. They, they will well, be the, the ironic thing is that, like, in terms of racism, I think we are making progress. It still exists. So, yep. like, how much is arguable? Um, but in in terms of uh, the economic, the reason that people are racist is that there is actual oppression on an economic level, and that's only being exacerbated. So, you know, to s- focus on something like Latinx, you are missing the entire oh, yeah. point. Yeah. You're an idiot. Yeah. You're a fucking moron. Yeah, it's just LA Times and media people. And every poll says 98% of, of Hispanic people hate it. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it's just not something any working class Hispanic family is ever going to adopt amongst each other. Right. Um, and as uh, somebody pointed out, just, the, the language, the Spanish language itself is a male feminine language. They have certain nouns, are, and I never got this, but certain nouns are ma- feminine, certain nouns are, are yeah. masculine. And so there's like, until you change, in, until the entire Spanish-speaking world decides to go to a gender-neutral language, I'm not going, I'm not going with any of this shit. Well, and, but that would entail this language that's existed for a couple thousand years yep. um, being eradicated because of like, that's, politics. That's, that's taking place. I think it's taking place right now on many campuses. They're talking about changing the Spanish language to gender neutral, the entire language. Well, it's not going to happen. That's like Esperanto. Oh, man. And, and there's no, by the Esperanto. way, there's no rhyme or reason to it. Like, David Sedaris had a funny line in one of his books that made me laugh, which was, uh, that's Mr. Toaster to you, sir. There's no, it's yes. not like masculine items no. like it's not like l corvette it, it's totally random i think it's just phonetically based on what is easier to I, I don't, say i don't know how they started doing feminine masculine some languages have that it never really I mean, it is pe- archaic i guess yeah but fuck it but Ar- who, so is everything like, else like, so is so indoor plumbing at this point i mean i'm not, <laughs> I'm not changing on that right. i mean it just I, I don't i don't get it like i said but we could be framed as racist for not saying latinx or not saying the proper pronoun so in context, I'm still willing to die in that hell because I don't feel racist. I don't think it's overtly racist um, because there's no hateful feeling behind it. It's just right. you're being fucking annoying. I'm not going to agree with you. I love all people. They're all cool with me, but I'm not going with titles that they themselves don't even fucking want. Don't even no, fucking we're want. both dying on that hill. But I, I would, I'll make you a bet. Yeah. I'll make you a hundred dollar bet. I don't think it's gonna last. I think it's a, a fad. I hope so. I can't. Fu- I cannot fucking stand it. Uh, do not forget to become a patron of the show on patreon.com forward slash last man on earth. Thanks to our all new patrons. Get on this shit now before it disappears. Get on Patreon. Still around. It hasn't been arrested. At some point, they're going to under- undercover. It's like some money laundering thing for the CIA. Oh, which, yeah. Which everything is at some point. Can we? Yeah, we, sh- we should be debiting that daily. I, went I on, feel like it's going to be shut down. I went on a, I was an exchange student in high school, foreign exchange student in high school. And it was this like kind of janky foreign exchange program that would let you kind of go do what you wanted without much hassle. And uh, it seemed too good to be true. And then, like, five years later, I found out it was the CIA front. Um, they oh, used wow. it to get people. Because it was like, who else could get to Malaysia but exchange students at the time or whatever. And so the chaperones were all, like, you know, spooks. That's a great scam. I'm surprised <laughs> they got found out. i just assuming the Russians knew. I mean, how else? <laughs> this is like the 80s. You're sending ru- kids to Russia with chaperones. I just assumed they knew they were all CIA. But I didn't know. Like, it was just some... Yeah, we're here to heal the world through like unity or whatever. Like, who do I know they were doing weapons deals? I'm under my back. Right. Like, can you carry this attaché? Sure. What the fuck? I don't know. <laughs> uh, if we wish to contact the show, hit us up on Twitter at Last Man Podcast or on Facebook also at Last Man Podcast. All right, on to the show. <laughs> Now, I want to start with Bill Gates. I know one day you hope to be a multi-billionaire. How's that going, by the way? <laughs> are you getting 
What percent would you say you're on your way to multi-billionaire status? Like 50%? Uh, that's a depressing way of quantifying that. I, I would say I'm on my way, but I'll just leave it at that. My theory is that like billionaires are like, you know, especially like, you know, junior billionaires, not like guys like Jay-Z who have 500 million, but guys who got a couple million or make, you know, a few hundred thousand a year, guys who put, those are like the hardworking, successful guys, like sort of normal, like you can relate to them. They're like maybe lawyers or doctors or, you know, some kind of like they work or they make movies or some shit like that, but like hardworking people, like high end of the salary people. Yeah. And once you get to like billionaires, they're completely unrelatable because they like, even though they may have worked hard to get some of the money, most of them haven't, but some of them have. But they become at some point like completely unrelatable. Where like it's like a different universe where you could never imagine being what their life well, would be like. It is because, and you know, we definitely need a new <clears throat> status level for millionaire because like an it's insurance nothing. salesman's a millionaire. Like, yeah. What does that even mean? <laughs> but billionaire is so far removed, and you know, in England, in the UK. They call a billionaire. So what we call a billionaire is someone that has a thousand million, right? Which even that doesn't sound that impressive because <laughs> it's like if your average asshole in L.A. has a million, right. you're just like you have a thousand times more than the the guy that's driving the. Sounds like a lot to me, but I see where you're coming from from your rich Alaskan background, <laughs> your privileged life. But in uh, in the in Europe, they what they call a billionaire is someone that has a, a million million. So it's very different. That's a trillionaire, really? Well, there's nobody. Yeah. Nobody has that, do they? Well, some people really. That seems like a lot. Hundreds of people do. Oh, I don't. I mean, it's it's some crazy number. But I mean, once you have a billion, like so, if you're if you're like LeBron, who's getting close to a billion, yeah, it's a fu- it's a fudge billion, right? You have a billion in assets and make some cash, and the value right. of your like other stuff. Or if you're Jay Z, the value of your inventory, your library, it's all not very liquid. Well, with LeBron, it's like okay, we can tell, we know what he's made in salary. Yeah, we know what. Uh, his agency is worth roughly what they're pulling in on commission there. Yeah. Um, we know roughly what he's making from Nike. Then you got guys like Donald Trump that literally call the fucking assholes at Forbes and are like, I just made $70 billion. You're and they're right. like, cool, let's put that in print so you can now borrow more. You money. don't know what your net, you don't know what your net is. I mean, I say this having worked for a company that was took in a billion dollars a year and went bankrupt. Right. <laughs> when you take in a billion, but you spend a billion and a half. Right, right. You're actually not rich. Like Uber. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean, Trump was just leveraged to the hilt. But you could do that for your, like, entire life and get away with it. Well, so. he was doing more than that. He was just straight up lying. It wasn't even based on But, I mean, if you only need only, like, $50 million to, to live off of, and you've owned casinos and hotels, no matter how leveraged they are, you can always leverage them more. Mm-hmm. So you can always come up with, if you have $3 billion in assets, if you have $5 billion in liabilities, you can still come up with $50 million in cash every year for right. the rest of your life, essentially. Well, and then when you're, me. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. But then when you die, I, I, I don't know, maybe never when you die, like there's some reckoning at some point in 100 years now, or like the kids, their grandkids get it. But like you can live off of, no matter how much you owe against them, you can live off hard assets essentially forever. You can keep, yeah. bar, you can keep borrowing more. Well, I know there's a major problem with our system because every time they do a profile of some guy that was doing insider trading and corporate crime and lost everything... They're interviewing him, and he's in like an eight million dollar house. Yeah, right. So it's like, well, you didn't really lose everything, did you? Well, Zuckerberg bought like part of Kauai, right? So like, <laughs> he literally bought like a private. There's something I don't know how it works with the old tri- you know, the tribes there and stuff like that. It's called selling out. I think. Yeah, no, but I mean, with the Hawaii laws, they have the special tribal laws. Like he had to like buy because there is private land. Like there's so having spent some time in yeah. Hawaii, if you can prove that you have a lineage, which he can't. That's not him. <laughs> Oh no! No, he doesn't look very Hawaiian. But I guess you pay enough. He got like 
like apparently, I guess it's to the beach. You can't take beach property at all. Like you can't privatize. Like in Malibu, there's some people that have private beaches where they actually buy and sell them among the owners of the houses. Well, they, what they have is a, correct me if I'm wrong, they have a gate and a security guard. There is no private beach. Beach is public property. I don't know about that. You have to look into that. But in Hawaii, he bought the beach. So he bought the actual beachfront and he did it through some tribal whatever. But anyhow, he paid $2 billion for like, you know, obviously like a 500-acre a beachfront estate, you know, eight, a thousand acre beachfront pro- acres in Hawaii. So he can, if, like, if Facebook went away tomorrow, he could live off that pro- the, the asset, that asset, and pull out twenty million easy a year on it, no problem. Probably, it's probably going up in value, you know, five hundred million a year anyhow, or hundred million. He would never need to work again, even just from the property he bought, like with cash. Just picturing that. See, I, I've never been jealous of Mark Zuckerberg in my <laughs> life until you mentioned his 500 acre. Would yeah. you trade? Now, the thing is, you have to look and act like Mark Zuckerberg. Would yeah. you trade that right now for, for this? Um, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. But uh, they did, uh, you didn't see a surfing photo, probably, by the way. There was a surfing photo of him someone took, like a paparazzi took, and he's like, Covered in zinc oxide, <laughs> just covered head to well, toe. Well, okay, I can't hate on that. <laughs> and uh, and uh, he has this look of like, "What are you doing in my ocean?" Like, because he probably owns the ocean too. Gotta look this up. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I want to talk about divorce, Matt. Uh, you're you will never be in the position of divorce potentially. This is ridiculous, <laughs> right? Yes. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> he looks like such. a... Look like a three year old. His mom driving to put him. It's, you know his wife. Like, well, it's like applied symmetrically. He looks like a French mime. I'm just assuming his wife loses money if he dies, as opposed to makes money, because she's <laughs> keeping him alive for some reason. <laughs> I don't understand it. Uh, so, Matt, Bill Gates getting divorced. This one, you, know, you may not know about Ellen, but you know about Bill Gates getting divorced from Melinda, that lovely lady. Um, seems like a nice enough woman, by the way. Not the most attractive lady in her class. Bill Gates getting divorced from Melinda. I think you went to their wedding. Did you go to their wedding? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I would have eaten and drank a lot if I had been there. I want my uh, I want my salad bowl back from Crate and Barrel. I sent them for the registry. <laughs> for the registry. Uh, and, and Bezos got divorced last year. I don't know if it's official or not, but they split up, and he's hooked up with this, this Sanchez lady, the hot reporter. Um, and there's other cases like these super rich guys starting to get divorced. But here's my question. Why is it taking so long for men with, like, a billion dollars, a billion options to find younger, better pussy? <laughs> like... How, how are men, how are rich? I guess they're tech geeks. I guess, but how are billionaires like the last guys on earth to figure out they can do a lot better than their than their current current setup? It's interesting. I mean, I had assumed that uh, that Bill Gates does is asexual because he looks asexual. Um, but because you can't imagine having sex with him. <laughs> I just can't imagine. Or him having sex with anybody. Him having sex with anyone. Right. I, I mean, he <laughs> he. Uh, <laughs> You know, but obviously he has three kids. We have record yep. proof, assuming there's biological kids. Well, he has a he has a girl on the side. Are you kidding me? Well, I think to become a billionaire, you have to be pretty motivated. Yeah, and part of that is what what does motivation come from? Chicks usually. I was, that was you didn't big let me part guess. of it. Yes, big part of it. Um, well, those weird dorky guys may have like revenge also on their mind. Well, he's let's not forget. Weird, let's not forget revenge. But he's not. So Bezos and uh, Elon Musk are comic book villain right. characters of a billionaire yes. with the weird plastic surgery. They look like they look like villains. He looks like a, a lesbian villain. Yeah. Does Musk? Uh, Bezos shaved his head. I I honestly think he believes he's Tony Stark, <laughs> like or something. Like these it looks guys like Lex Luthor to me, weird, from like the old comics. Yeah, Luthor. Yeah. just super weird delusions. Elon Musk is not a 
that sounds like a Marvel comic book villain. <laughs> yes. Like if you had to just invent an evil name, wouldn't it be Elon Musk? And they're all literally building space programs. Yeah, like, <laughs> like super into like colonizing space and shit. What Musk is doing because he's a retarded hack is he uh, he regurgitates a lot of Philip K. Dick and pretends that oh, he's really? thinking of it on the spot. It's that. really pathetic. Um, <laughs> and I can't wait till his wife divorces him and. Uh, because that's obviously why she married him. She Rhymes. married him thinking of divorce. Crimes. <laughs> well, I don't know. She seems. I, did you read the story after his, he was on SNL? After he was on SNL last week, I guess she appeared for a split second or something. Mm. She had a panic attack and had to go to the hospital. That's so, a bad sign. Yeah. Well, that to me says they may be meant for each other. <laughs> they may actually be. She may not be as crafty or as ambitious as you think. She may just be mentally mentally disturbed. Uh, and actually, like, enjoy being with him for whatever mental... Well, disturb- he's a sociopathic fraud. I know that for a fact. We have no proof that this guy is even intelligent. Uh, no, but he has a South African accent, which yeah, helps. That his helps. dad owned a, min- a, a, a precious jewel mine in South Africa. Okay, so they killed black people. <laughs> Indeed, his family killed a bunch of black people. <laughs> to get the, di- the blood diamonds. <laughs> to get the uh, startup money, which is never mentioned either. And all these sycophantic kiss-ass stories. It's never mentioned that his dad owned a precious jewel, precious, what do you call it? Stone? Stone mineral. Stone mineral mining bre- operation yeah. in South Africa during apartheid, by the way. I love the idea of blood. Oh, fuck you. I've always loved the idea of blood diamonds as opposed to like the diamonds that are collected naturally by people along the seashore just like picked up <laughs> rocks and stuff. Like I assume if you don't have a blood diamond operation, like a thousand people die a day in your mines working for well, 15 you know, cents. I'm sure you're aware that diamonds are completely uh, uh, what do you call it? Contrived, orchestrated. Really? Oh, there's enough diamonds in those mines that if they just mine them, oh, I see what you're saying. The control and diamond would be worth less than a dollar. Wow! First you call it Elon Musk as a fraud, now diamonds. Uh, can we get back to the divorce? Yeah. So why are billionaires the only dudes who haven't figured out? Like we talk about athletes. The minute the dude comes up, he's got the wife. Like LeBron, actually, I think he's stuck with his wife. But there's been women on the side, Jordan, whatever. But you know, they have the high school. High school, college girlfriend who's like a four, because they, I mean, depending on what the, I mean, LeBron they knew he was gonna be a billionaire by the time he was twelve. Right. But in general, like for football lineman, let's say who's just a big galoot in high school and college, maybe mm-hmm. he has the okay sort of not like the hometown girl. And the minute he gets the big contract, he hooks up with the stripper or the Instagram model. Well, are you being shallow here? I yeah, mean, I'm, I'm trying to be point, as shallow as possible. I mean, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm trying to be as shallow as possible. Yeah, you know, on a daily basis. You know, once a guy hits 40, yep. I'm sure that in theory he could divorce his wife for a more conventionally attractive woman. Yeah. But you have me so far. I'm going, I'm with you. <laughs> yes. Maybe it's just something you don't understand. But I mean, well, let's put it this way you know a lot of guys uh, who got older and got richer and left their first wife. That's not uncommon. No. And it's not always just for looks or because bigger tits or whatever. It's sometimes you just can't stand the first wife. Well, yeah, they might yeah, they might have left him anyway. But the trophy wife is a real thing. I mean, clearly it's a real thing for, for like successful dudes. The trophy wife seems to be very com- the second trophy wife seems to be very common. So but Gates and, 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 and these guys and, and Bezos, they never went for like now you can see them now starting in their fifties, starting to go like, wait a minute, man, I should have had a hot Latin chick on this side. Like why didn't I I I am not the most attractive dude in the world. I'm kinda weird and you know, I chew my toenails or whatever. But I got fifty billion in the bank. I should be doing really well. Like women should well, be throwing themselves hot strippers should be throwing themselves at me. I mean that's gotta be a curse of someone like uh Bill Gates. I'm trying to think of a better example. Maybe like Bezos is the most somewhat normal, <laughs> not 
hugely nerdy, weird-looking guy that's a billionaire. Um, like, if I hypothetically had a girl come over to my apartment that I didn't know... That is hypothetical. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah, a dude. It's never happened. Yeah. No, I would, like, hide my checkbook. And I'm not worth a billion. Oh, I see what you're saying. I'm not worth a hundred billion. Like, when you get to that level, aren't you... Sus- you don't really know if someone likes you for you. I think that level is pretty low. Like, I think it's 50000 or so. <laughs> I mean, look at Deshaun Watson for one. I mean, he's got money, of course. He doesn't have billions. And he's got, like, 37 hookers suing him for, you know, whatever, for cash. Yeah. So I don't think you need to – I think a dude, any dude making – you know, any dude who drives a Porsche or wears a Rolex is, like, subject to that regardless yeah, of the billions. So maybe what you're saying is that after after the first billion, what <laughs> yes. changes? You can order whatever you want at Red Lobster. I think the dudes are kind of like, first of all, they may be unaware of how much money, they, although Bezos just bought a $500 million yacht. So, But in theory, they may have not come up with, like a lot of guys who score with women later on, they make money so they can get more women, right? Yeah. They, they, they actually go into a field, they're professional, they're just high-powered, testosterone-driven guys in sales or whatever. And then they do that, and when they make the money, then they start getting a hot young girl. They buy the Porsche, they get the hot young girls, all that kind of crap. Uh, they start, you know, they're Dan Bilzerian out their lives, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas guys like maybe Bezos and Gates had like higher purpose in, in being successful in mind, which is either revenge on their high school people who beat them up, <laughs> or just to change Gates. Gates wants to change the world yeah, or whatever I, the fuck I think they want. Gates is one of those types, but they still have dicks, right? So they still must like they must be looking. You must at some point you look at Melinda, and you're like. That's not a fifty. That's not a hundred billion dollar wife. Like you just gotta be thinking like, well, or I keep her, but then I get like, I gotta have like five chicks on the side. But hypothetically, let's just say he's in love with her. You're you're almost advocating like you would have a service where you you uh, you know spam dial him and are like, why are you still with your wife? You <laughs> yes, know? yeah. Does that exist? Well, so it comes out, but we learn <laughs> now that his wife knew he had a girlfriend on the side and was kind of tolerating it in the last couple of years, although. Being the good wife that she was, she looked up a divorce attorney when she found out that he was connected to Jeffrey Epstein. So, like, not a bad idea. That's like the one thing you can't tell. Like, you can see the chick on the side. If, I, if you're going on fucking Lolita Express, that's like we got to we got to cover the divorce attorney well, here. Do you? So it's not something I would think about. I'm not married. Um, you're not close. Uh, yeah, I, I, but you know, I'm not worth a lot. But I have some money in savings. And I honestly think if I got married, that would occur to me. Like, that would be a thought that I had. Well, because you're getting married older now. But if you were married at 25 or 30, it's a little different. Because you right. usually have, although I assume you had a billion already by the time you got married to her. But it's also, I just. But how do you know if you're Bill Gates if she's marrying you for the money? Well, if she's hot, Certainly that's if she's hot you don't care as much. When <laughs> if she she looks she's like hot, a, you know she's marrying like, you for the money. Yeah. When you look at Melinda, you're like, oh, you know, but. But I'm just wondering, like, why are like why are billionaires, why are tech billionaires in particular off limits from all the rules that apply to all the other guys in the world who become super rich? Well, name the top, name the top hundred richest guys who aren't in tech, and they're all either screwing girls on the side or they all have hot young second wives or trophy wives. Well, so Michael Jordan is kind of a, a weird guy, but when he divorced his wife and married a younger woman everyone was like yeah that makes sense yeah well but he was also he also but was screwing 20 other women while he was married to his wife yeah but see, l- it's that's expected and he's kind of cool like no one ever has applied cool to any of these guys yeah so, but they still have desires to have like no i know that's what i'm saying i'm wondering I mean, he obviously if, if did he obviously started seeing some other woman and he's 60 years old now and like yeah, a year but are, or two. are we like like i'm kind of trying to agree with you in that 
when we see these guys, well, first of all, no one wants to fuck him. A lot of people want to fuck Michael Jordan. Yeah. No one wants to fuck Elon Musk unless there's something else involved. Uh, well, yeah, but there is something else involved. Also, he's fake interesting. That's a bad example. But no one wants to fuck Bezos. No, no. But, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I must <laughs> no say, No one wants wise, to fuck Zuckerberg. You don't okay? think some, some ambi- I mean, you don't think every, there's 10,000 ambitious chicks out there who would love to have sex with Jeff Bezos? Not for the physical experience. No, no, no. But it would be like, put on a good show. And go for, and go for it. So I, I mean, it wasn't like his, it wasn't like he had no options. He had plenty of options, and it's not I mean, even it's like because people, women and men to a lesser degree, but they're attracted to people who are ambitious. Not not because they're shallow so much, but it's just that's an attractive feature in someone. I just want to know why he's not taking on strippers every night, like at Camelot or whatever. <laughs> like how is like how do you have a billion, fifty billion or hundred well, billion? Would be on TMZ the next day, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, but like call girls. I but suppose. that's true. I mean, look at again, look at Deshaun Watson. He's got thirty-seven fucking masseuse hookers suing him, which is embarrassing because he could have just had a hot girlfriend. He just paid off or whatever, one hot girlfriend or three hot girlfriends. Jordan Jordan did figure it out by the way. He had so he had a, a woman. He kept a woman in every town where they traveled to for for NBA. Every NBA town had a Jordan girl. Yeah, he paid for her apartment, paid for her living expenses like that, so oh, he could really? like. Yeah, and but ship you know small amount of money for him, so they didn't have to like go to a, like a new to Atlanta and like find a new chick every time. He had his Atlanta chick, he had his Philadelphia I chick. I guess he, he kind of did it right because you never saw Jordan getting nope. busted for picking up a, a, nope. a hooker massage girl or something. Yeah, or like yeah, they, he made it very business. He's a business like guy. He's fairly business guy. I'm just very disappointed that like you'd reach the pinnacle of fi- male financial success. And have an ugly, <laughs> ugly wife. It just, you know, it's so odd. It's so unnatural to me. I'm not sure how relevant this is, so let me know if this is a bit of a tangent. But when you look at the Deshaun Watson accusers, I think you could take a, a model who's like a nine. Yeah. And if you put a nose ring through the middle of her septum, yeah. I believe she's like a two at that point. And uh, yeah. you would think you could kind of like squint and blur it out. It's like, wh- what are you doing? You look like a goddamn idiot. I'm just assuming there's not a lot of intelligence behind those eyes. I don't think so. <laughs> behind those eyes. You, you, you said it for me. I mean, you're talking about if sex-trafficked women should be more intelligent, good with it, smart with their decisions. <laughs> so if you're yeah, at the it's shot, like a hippie thing. It's supposed to, I don't know what it's supposed to signify, but to me it signifies that you're stupid. Yeah, if you're, you, you look dumb. if you're at a Marriott, like a two-in-the-morning massaging to sign Winston's dick, <laughs> you've, made some, you've already made a number of bad decisions in your well, life. Do we even know if he's guilty of anything? Well, he, he's admitted to hiring all the women. For massages. But he's a professional athlete, so that makes sense. Yeah, because he only has 37 private masseuses through the team that are actually licensed therapists. That's a very good point. <laughs> and stuff. You're, you're right. Yeah, he had to he had to get the professional <laughs> services of a girl named Kitty from North Carolina who comes at 2 in the morning. Yeah, he's guilty. The thing I, I think the only thing that bothered me about those girls is like, like the girl said, like, he's traumatized me. I can never massage people again. I'm like, come on. Come on. Like, there's no way he's... A, I mean, if he beat her or something, different story. But if he just asked for a happy ending... And that traumatized you? I'm not buying that. That's got to be the, one of the first days of the. I don't know what the certification process is. <laughs> yes. I think it's probably a, f- a few hours. But yeah, that's probably someone's going to ask you for a hand job. I, think I assume every dude thing. who's ever seen an attractive masseuse has asked. You know, and you're still and you're still at work the next day. I mean, say no if you don't want to do it. Say no if you're really like consider yourself a serious masseuse. Say just say no. I wouldn't. I, I mean, if I was getting a massage, I've never had a professional massage really, but. I would. Uh, I've always that's chosen. That's rude. That seems like a over. That's <laughs> it's kind of rapey. At the same time, it, yeah, it, I don't think it's traumatizing for the rest of your life. I think it's rapey if you're in a strip mall massage parlor, like one of those massage envy. Like, but if you're a girl's coming to your room at two in the morning at a hotel to massage you, 
Oh, there's, right. First of all, right. you're already, let's be, you're already naked, okay? You're naked, and she's in some sort of you know, uh, evening, <laughs> evening counter, bikini top or something like that, and she's rubbing your entire well, body. You're assuming. Well, you're setting. <laughs> are you jerking off right no, now? What I'm the just fuck are you saying, talking about? I'm, like, you're, you're trying to look attractive as a woman when you're the masseuse, when you're the 24-year-old. Right. Masseuse, who also has an Instagram model page. Okay. You're trying to look good, and you're going to see Design Watson, who I assume is your best client ever, your biggest client ever. He's got a $35 million a year contract. So you're not trying to look frumpy or like professionally like a doctor. Yeah. You're trying, and then he's naked, laying on a table or a bed naked. You're bringing oils. There's some assumptions, I think. If I was getting a massage, and again, I wouldn't proposition the Call girl in the. No, you know how to do it more subtly. It you know, you leave the 20 on the table or whatever you do. I would say I wouldn't, if I got an erection, I yeah. wouldn't feel guilty about it. No. That's all I'm saying. No. And, and I don't, I, I think he asked them for, he didn't ask them for massage. He asked them for over to his place because he didn't want to hire hookers. So he hired masseuses. It's like hiring a stripper to work a private party. Yeah, because you like them. You like watch them dance. You love their Aerosmith. So their Aerosmith routine is like <laughs> Aerosmith. <laughs> like <laughs> Matt, I want to ask you about uh, this. Is a segment called Matt Explains, where you have to explain not sounding like a douche when you say something. <laughs> so we were talking about the story of Drew Robinson. Drew Robinson's a baseball player is drafted by the Giants out of college or high school. I can't remember. Played a few years in the, in, the, in the minor system, became like suicidally depressed with a mental illness. There was nothing really. He had a girlfriend. He had a fam, full family. Everyone supported him. Nice Seemed to be very well loved. Nice. Everything. Yeah. And But then he decided he just got more and more depressed and decided he was going to kill himself. Shot himself in the head in like an empty motel room, basically. Or it might be his apartment, but all alone. I think- so nobody could find him. I think it was at his... Oh, okay. Never Might be his part, but he made, it, he made sure like nobody else... He didn't share the place with anybody else and nobody was coming. So he wanted to kill himself. He was for real. Yeah. Shoots himself. Doesn't actually end up killing himself. He like shoots his eye out. It goes through his head. Somehow he survives. Uh, a year... Cut to a year later, he says it's like the best thing that happened. He's turned his life around. He's no longer depressed. He's getting therapy, counseling, stuff like that. The Giants take him back into the minor league organization. He's now risen to the level of AAA. He had his first start the other day in AAA ball. Uh... And everyone's calling it the most inspirational story of the year. Whereas you, Matt, <laughs> decided that you know, he's, a, he's a phony post. I don't want to explain take your words away. But you find no inspiration in his – because I was thinking like, wow, that is really inspiring. But you have found a different angle. What's your angle on Drew Robinson? Well, he unsuccessfully killed himself. Yeah. And, so he's uh, a failure at that. So he wasn't good at it. It's yes. like if, you, if he pointed the gun you know, a millimeter to the left – He's dead. He's dead. Yep. And so what is inspiring about this? I don't understand. Also, he looks really freakish now, and that bothers me. Well, he shot his eye out. There's that. Well, the, it'll, yeah. Uh, I know that this guy is, he's probably mentally ill, but I think he's a narcissist because in the first article I read, <clears throat> it said um, he grabbed, so he was, Wherever he was. I thought he was at his house, but whatever it was. He it was, might have been his house, yeah. But he, he, was alone. he was all alone. Had the gun. He was alone. He had the gun in front of him. So he went to grab a bottle of whiskey. And he wasn't really a drinker, so he'd had this bottle there for two or three months or whatever. And then he, he, he said, in his words, I didn't want people to think I was drunk when I did it. Mm-hmm. I didn't want people to think I was an alcoholic or that that, that was part of my reasons. And it's like, uh, yeah, I'd... I'd rather hang out with someone that had an alcohol problem <laughs> right. than a guy that puts a gun up to his eyeball and shoots himself. 
So like I don't really understand your your reasoning here for that. Well, his thing that he was wrote, just one of many issues. I, I think I, reading into what you just said, I think you're really upset that he left a bottle of whiskey around for two months without drinking it. That's uh, clearly. <laughs> I don't offensive. understand. Yeah, clearly, you can't. You're just on a different plane of so existence. Than he, is. <laughs> he wrote that note to his family saying, "You didn't do anything wrong. You guys were great parents, or my sister, you were great, whatever." So he wanted like people to think uh, whatever is going through his head. Obviously, he wasn't. He had in his head he was doing some high-minded purpose thing. Because I think the, it's the how narcissists, like I said. Yeah, I mean, I guess to, to, to think, I mean, I mean, maybe that applies to all people who try to kill themselves. I don't know, but I, I, I found it inspiring, not that he tried to kill himself. And I agree with what I think you're trying to say, which is like, we shouldn't necessarily say people try to kill themselves are inspiring. It's just because they, had, he, had he not failed, we would never would have said he was inspiring, right? Exactly. So Just because he sucked at it, he's now inspiring. But there's nothing inspiring about putting a gun up to your head. Nothing, nothing at all. I mean, he was mentally in, in a mentally ill place, so who knows what was, you know, he mentioned what was going through his head. Just at the time, it seemed like the perfectly normal thing to do. He certainly planned it out. But I was inspired by his recovery, because I think you mentioned earlier, like, playing baseball with one eye is really hard. So... He actually like decided like I'm not I'm I was a baseball player and then I tried to kill myself and I lost my eye shot in my head. I'm gonna be baseball again. Like yeah. that wouldn't even occur to me. I would think like I'm just gonna work at like at Kmart at the checkout line and be the guy with one eye with people wonder how he lost his eye. I mean, if you're the pitcher, you gotta throw at the eye, right? I think with battering it's even hard. The eye hand coordination with one eye. When you no, 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 I'm saying you gotta brush him back. Oh yeah, you aim, throw right at the eye aim socket. At that eye yeah, brush. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think you. I think you um, do something with your. I would do something with my eyes. I can look menacing, like a pirate, a pirate patch, or yeah, some kind of thing. Well, Don't if you have them. a glass eye, like you could put like a die in there, yeah, like a dice, yeah, like, make it look really cool, like you're staring him down with some sort of yeah badass like trucker thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you said, and I guess I'm not as aware because you're a, a Giants fan. You're I'm a huge Giants the fan. The Bay Area, I, but I didn't know about I didn't know about his story until I read it in ESPN. To be honest, I mean, I but, heard vague things about, it, but I didn't know his. He was. He was. Nobody talked about him until he shot himself. Right. But so, th- initially, there was a story on ESPN like three, two or three months ago, and I read that. And then today, there was a follow up that I happened to read. And so he's in. So when you said he, he, he was like in the double A. He's close. He's, he's getting he, close to the be, major leagues. He'll be back in the major leagues, probably. He was never in the major leagues. He never rose that high before he oh. killed himself. No. Oh. He's a young dude. His brother, he's come from a baseball family. His brother. Well, then there's no fucking way. If he was not there before, he had two eyes. You don't think he it would be like. So, uh, Jim Abbott, you remember the pitcher, the one handed pitcher? Yeah, he's from Alaska. Su- there you go. Super inspiring, right? Dude played one hand, learned how to put his glove on his pitching hand after he pitched so he could field the ball well, actually, by the way. Support the EPA. You won't be born with one fucking arm. <laughs> <laughs> You're using Jim Abbott's story to get people to stop polluting. Yes, um, but that was, would you would you admit that was an inspiring story? He was just born with a birth defect. Uh, it, or, yeah, or the, yeah, the no, it is it is very impressive. Griffin, whatever his name is, the one the twins, the one that got the one hand is missing one hand. He plays linebacker. I didn't know that. The Shaquille Shaquille Griffin and the brothers Shad Shad Shaq they have like similar names. These twins. people are all born pretty central to the petroleum hub. I think <laughs> they're just. Florida football tw- high school twins who went on to play at, at Florida College, and then one got—I think they both got drafted by the Seahawks, actually. But one anyhow has only one hand, hmm. but he plays linebacker in the NFL. How's that work? Uh, he just stumps people. Remember <laughs> the <laughs> kicker that had half a foot? Yeah, but he was good. He but was that, good because he had a fucking steel boot on his <laughs> fucking half foot. He well, didn't kick with the other foot. He kicks with the half foot. Well, I, okay, if Drew Robinson gets like a bionic eye that senses <laughs> shit and he hits the ball like 500 feet every time, that'll be fucked up. But if he just has an empty socket and he still hits well, that's inspiring. <laughs> empty so- I agree. Well, I agree with you that like 
it's weird. It's weird. So I asked you, like, you know, if you don't think that's inspiring, uh, what about fat women who accept who accept their bodies? You know, the, <laughs> it's like so I gotta I gotta point out before that. Yes, that the best dart player guy in the world. Yeah, it's, it's really popular in in uh, Britain. Yeah, he has one eye. There you go. Because you know you you. You squint, anyhow. You squint. Yeah. So I'm wondering if hitting is the same thing. Anyway, continue. Well, I think with, if the if it's coming at you, you lose depth perception. Right. But the board doesn't move, and then dark, your, your hand is fixed from a fixed position. You're throwing from fixed position to a fixed position. Yeah. So it probably doesn't matter. You literally are trying to throw straight. It could be an advantage. <laughs> I would think maybe it is. But with anything where there's movement involved, it's gonna your, your depth perception is going to fuck with you. Although, I yeah. guess he's hitting the ball somehow. Well, it said in the article that Drew Robinson, he can't catch a fly ball to save his life, apparently, yeah. because of that very issue. Yeah. It's like, I think the worst is when it's coming at you. Is it 100 feet away or 10 feet away? You have no well, idea. It's really hard with two eyes, by the way. I couldn't catch it. I can't catch it. <laughs> that was the end of my little league career. I was center fielder. <laughs> like, I was like, the ball hit me. I think the ball hit me in the head more than hit me in the glove. Yeah. It was just like, or it hit my body parts somehow. Somehow I could not, the glove was the only place the ball never hit. Um, but there's only issues because other things we find inspiring in society are fat women who f- finally accept the fact that they're fat and they're happy. Is that inspiring? <laughs> no. Uh, what about working moms? Just being a working mom is that inspiring? No. You're not feeling that one. I, I got nothing against you, but it's not inspiring. The new thing uh, the, the LA Times is really pushing this is dudes who overcome COVID anxiety and return to work. Like they're so they're so scared of COVID and leaving their house, but now they have to return to work, and there's like whole this inspirational homage to them. For being brave enough Where to. Where did you read this? The LA Times been running like COVID ang- anxiety stories mm. like last month. Like they're running out of COVID stuff to cover. Mm-hmm. And now that COVID's almost over and people are starting to return to work, now it's a, the stories are about, it has to be an anxiety story. Mm-hmm. So now the story is all the people who, who ha- like 30% of the population who can't leave, still can't leave their house for fear. There's no real danger anymore, but the anxiety is real. And now they have to return to the office. Are they like vaccinated? Yeah. And their company is giving an ultimatum saying you got to show, or business saying you got to show up for work now. You're vaccinated, you got to show up for work. And they're like, they're shaking. They can't leave their homes. This is like, uh, I really enjoy collecting unemployment type of deal. No, no. I think it's legitimately people, you, I'm sure you know people in Los Angeles like this who are scared shitless of everything. Yeah. Um, well, they're probably super scared of COVID for the last year to begin with, even though they weren't in a, in a high risk group. Uh, they're probably still wearing two or three masks when they walk and then they jog outside. I uh, mean, I was scared of catching COVID. Uh, I was scared until I started reading the stats. And then I still didn't want it, obviously. It'd be bad. And who knows how it could take a turn for the worse. I mean, I would not go to, like, say, a Hispanic meat meat packing facility. (laughs) It was so sad because you read, like, Smithfield, who makes, like, the Dodger dogs or whatever, and ham and bacon. It's, like, an hour from here. Like, 98% of the people who worked there got COVID. Like, literally, like, you'd see, like, in my whole na- zip code, like, two people got COVID. At that one factory, like, 278 people got COVID. And I assume some probably died, right? And they just never covered it, really. It was kind of like, you know, it was just randomly. It was a big pocket here, like, right. just randomly at this factory where we made people work side by side, 24 hours a day, even though they're sick or they wouldn't get paid. Yeah, by the way, COVID spread through and, like, killed 20% of them. Yeah. And that's legitimately, outside of old people, that's legitimately who was at risk and who died were, like, people o- in overweight this. people. Yeah, that, if they got it or they brought it home, but people who had to keep working in unhygienic situations. Right, right. Which is true of any virus, right? They all got sick, but this one killed, or they brought it home to grandma, and grandma died, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and in, in Hispanic families especially, they have these multi-generational families, they live in crowded spaces, and they're all working, 10 people, guys working at 10 different, like, packed factories, coming back at night, congregating with the extended family, 
Also, by the way, Hispanics did not want to get any of their social engagement, so that was a, a less talked about fact. You're they really were, piling on the stereotypes here. I am, but they're but they, all true. But it was true. They like they still had their quinceañeras and the and the <laughs> backyard barbecues and, and church for bi- big on church, because in some sense they're very religious. They're not different than the, than the conservative right Christian people who wanted to meet in church all the time. Mm-hmm. The Hispanic, whatever they are, left or right, still wanted to do all that traditional. They would not give up their traditions for COVID. They'd rather almost literally rather die than give up their Religious slash social. Is part of that being slightly uneducated on the subject, though, too? Yeah, I think it's uneducated coming from a country where because you have like you're, the, used to, you're used to dying. The I mean. Hasidic Jews and and yes. like the uh, the the <clears throat> mega church people. That was almost like an arrogance that they had. That was like we we know exactly what we're doing. Uh, yeah, and also I think if I think deeply religious people just don't care as much about dying. I mean, I just <laughs> literally think they do. I mean, they do all sorts of crazy ass shit that could kill them, um, and they don't care. They'd rather. I mean, the people just normal people out here want to go to church with two hundred people packed in a small church mm-hmm. and fought for the right to do it. And by the way, they run, well, they won, and a lot of them di- a lot of them got sick and died. But I think to them it was just like, I mean, if you're really big into Jesus or Jewish religion and you're super orthodox, and you kind of think God's going to protect you, you're just going to yeah, go. In. That's what I don't understand. I think people that are because I'm I d- I'm not religious, and uh, because it's uh, silly what these people believe, it's uh, they're clowns. Yeah. But uh, if I thought that I was going up to heaven and I could get like a BMW that I wanted, oh, or yeah. whatever, like you order, um, you get that donuts all day, sure. yeah, 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 whatever it is they teach, I'm not familiar with it. Uh, why would you be afraid of dying? It sounds awesome. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Matt, just so you know, in this life you can get BMWs and donuts. That's also available. <laughs> you can I'm actually, well aware. You don't That's have how to I wait. To live. You don't have to wait. I mean, those dudes like suicide bomb themselves because they're not allowed to have sex until they get to heaven. I'm, I'd strap one on myself, dude. I would strap like that's different because they actually can't get laid. They're not allowed to get laid until they kill themselves, and then they believe they're going to get laid. I get the motivation behind that. Yeah. But you can actually get a. You can go out tomorrow and get a BMW and donuts if you want. You don't need to. Going to a COVID. I also get the motivation. What I don't understand is when someone's telling you this, there's not a point where you go, this sounds pretty stupid. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of it was political correctness because I think a lot that you never heard about this stuff during COVID. You have to dig deep to read about this stuff into like actually like Latino writers actually saying this is what's going on in my community. Latinx, actually. Latinx writers. Um, I I just assume all people who write are men. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then they started going like, look, this is happening. I'm a college-educated professional, but this is what's happening in my, communi- in my cultural community, which is like we're having a fucking quinceanera with 200 people, and we're hugging and dancing and drinking beer in the height of like, the COVID you know, spread. Yeah. Uh, and this is going on. And, and you could talk to the grandma who runs the whole thing, and she's like, fuck COVID. Like, I'm, we're, just, we're not giving up our traditions. I'd rather die. And they legitimately believe that, and then they legitimately died. Well, so, I mean, if you're – to me, I, that's what I don't get. So, like – if if someone said to me you should attend this quinceanera, it's like okay, you know I'm not overweight. You're not overweight. If we would, still wouldn't, still wouldn't go. There's no way in hell I go. Oh, I would. I wouldn't go because of the ethics, but yeah. I wouldn't be afraid of dying from COVID. But you're talking about you're talking about a, a five foot zero, two hundred pound grandmother. Yeah, yeah. But I don't get her motivation. I think if you grew up like in Sinaloa. And you grew up in dirt poverty, <laughs> and you were a prostitute for the first 20 years of life, and everyone got cartel down by guns. You probably have a very different view on life. Probably. Which is like, life is fucking legitimately short. I'm just going to enjoy party. I'm, just gonna, I'm not going to give up beer. I'm not going to give up this great food. Well, there's also that you can't see it. I mean, you can see a, a guy in a, <coughs> in a Toyota truck with an Uzi on his back yeah. in Sinaloa, and you know what that is. Yeah, like, that's part of the uneducated I mean, part, I think. you go to Lesotho, 40% of people have HIV. You can't yeah. see it. 
no. you know. So the, I guess, but I've taken but my there is something to be aware of. I've taken my male t- uh, prostitution business el- elsewhere <laughs> just because of that. But I think you're right. There is some level of, although I would say uneducated people maybe don't see viruses as a threat as much. Yeah. But somehow all the rich ladies in Santa Barbara and stuff oversaw. Like I don't know if you saw those polls, and they all like <laughs> quadruple like by percentages got everything wrong about, and they were way on the five times or ten x on the danger side. Yeah, like what my chances of dying are. So I, I think there's a lot of lack. There's of education. like a middle ground that a lot yeah. of people don't have. But I, I but l- just not to get off Latinx for a second, there was like a, I think seventy three percent of ICU admissions were Hispanic in LA mm-hmm. for COVID in the last year. So it was, and the, uh, the population is like forty five percent, but it was like way overrepresented. So it was actually there were just weren't a lot of. Uh, uh, white people in nice neighborhoods dying, to put it bluntly. Right. It was very few and far between. And even the only guy I knew who got COVID was the guy who legitimately actually worked in hospitals, multiple hospitals for his job. So he actually went to like 30 hospitals like in the first three months of COVID. Not for COVID-related, just for business-related stuff. Mm-hmm. But then he got, and he got COVID. And he's the only guy I know actually got diagnosed, had COVID, and was, you know... Well, it makes sense that, that it would be overrepresented because, like, honestly... There's no other demographic of like guys at Home Depot that live twelve to an apartment. Yeah, you know? yeah, but it wasn't it wasn't overrepresented. Even black population in LA wasn't overrepresented by deaths. But they don't like that. do that. No, they don't. I'm going to cut this segment before you tell me what <laughs> black people do. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, we got an email from Shannon. She likes to write us. Uh, can we all agree that cancel culture is finally working now that the Golden Globes have been canceled for the next year in advance? Um, since you didn't know, talking before the show, you didn't know exactly what the Golden Globes were, <laughs> which is fine. I didn't know until, I don't think I watched until Ricky Gervais was the host, and he did all this lambasting of uh, a Hollywood elite, mm-hmm. which is just amazing. That, that saw it from, I think, two years ago, the last time I let him do it, when he like, said, you guys are all fawning over Apple. There's Tim Cook sitting right there. You get, you're, you're making stuff with slave labor in China and stuff like that. They cut away from Tim Cook like immediately. Yeah, I think uh, to his credit, he was he was pushing it as far as he could until they wouldn't hire him again. Yeah, like I think, he knew that he was. Yeah, like well, accusing Apple of slave labor while Tim Cook is there means you're never working for Apple ever again. And by the way, Apple's starting to own more and more of the entertainment business. Yeah, and he made fun of Amazon and Bezos and Netflix. These are all like within ten years will be ninety nine percent of the entertainment owner uh, entertainment. So making fun of NBC, ABC, whatever Disney, but these guys are like. Much bigger than that now. So he actually, he must have said, fuck it to my future of working for any of these places again. I'll do, he still get hired because he's funny. He'll do little British stuff. But he's like, big big money's out. Like the leading, all the movie deals are out now. He didn't give a shit. Um, but the Golden Globes are this, run, no one ever really knew, it was run by this Hollywood Foreign Press Association, which are about 90 drunk, fat, uh, self-entitled which is fine because I would be all those things if I could. Uh, foreign journalists living in LA who cover the ho- who cover Hollywood for magazines in Germany or France or Slovakia or whatever like that. They get the gig. They come out here. They join the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, which gives them a little badge and lanyard. They see all the movies for free. They go all the galas for free. Variety hosts like in Hollywood Foreign Press Association luncheons and stuff like that. It's gone on for like fifty years, and everyone only ever kissed their ass. Because they wanted to win the awards, and they had the Golden Globe, and it was cool. And like it was like, how's this movie going to do in the, among these ninety journalists who who pick the award winners? So you know, Harvey Weinstein used to fucking bribe the shit out of them and send them like you know, golden golden calves and shit like that to win for Miramax to win the awards. And everyone was fine with this, as everything else in Hollywood that is horribly corrupt, debauched, 
and, and everything else you can think of. And everyone's behind it until it turns. Until someone points out, like, these, this is a horrible organization. Or this is, a, I mean, Weinstein himself. Everyone loved Harvey Weinstein. You could pull clips of, like, Dame Judi Dench, like, joking, it, like, four years ago, how she could get a Harvey Weinstein tattoo on her rear because she loved him so much. Uh, the, yeah. yeah. Uh, along those lines, the, I never get tired of watching to feel my, my anger that I need uh, of watching Meryl Streep give a standing ovation oh. to Roman Polanski. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then four years later, she, she apparently realized he was a yes. pedophile rapist. Yes. I, I guess she didn't have that information before. Yes. Um, yes. Just to be clear, Polanski sodomized a 14-year-old girl. Indeed. I mean, you know. While she was uh, on drugs. While she was on Quaaludes or and champagne and Quaaludes or whatever I believe that's rape. Yeah. She wasn't like, just turned 18, 17, and they had some sort of normal sex. He sodomized her in a hot tub when she was 14 years old, knowing she was 14 years old. So he is like, he's is, he is a sex criminal. But yes, so like Harry Weinstein, like they all, it just till, and he was winning awards and humanitarian awards and he donated the right causes. Everyone laughed and put their arms around him. Even fucking Rose McGowan, who said that he raped her, had photos whether she's laughing and giggling and holding his arm at parties and stuff. kind of how you know she's lying. <laughs> or even worse, she's not lying is even worse, I think. Um, and he did rape her and she still wanted to be in the business so bad that she was still doing those things. Either way, when I got to Hollywood 20 years ago, within the first week, I heard uh, Harvey Weinstein rapes women. Really? Yeah. Brian Singer has te- uh, loves, loves twink teen boys, and he has at least 10 around his pool every day that he promises parts in. Uh, who knows? I don't think I heard Kevin Spacey exactly at the time, but a bunch of other stuff. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew. Like, I, I was out, from out of town. I knew within a week, like, who the horrible sex criminals really? were. Really? Yeah. So Weinstein had that pronounced of a reputation yeah i assume at rose mcgowan was telling every friend she knew at the time and they told everyone and she was in the party scene so everyone i mean everybody so if you knew that yeah. then certainly she knew that and yet she still chose to go up to his room at whatever it was to in the everybody morning. i every, mean i'm not victim blaming i don't I will I with rose mcgowan yeah, i wouldn't even blame the victims day. i'm talking about all the executives the hollywood elite we love harvey dame judy meryl Street, whatever it is right. and then the minute heart the minute the, the Minute a rape accusation comes out in the Times or some, you know, Ronan Farrow or whatever, legitimate, they'll go, oh, they act all surprised. So the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, somehow someone discovered this year when they didn't nominate the proper Chadwick Boseman honorarium or whatever the hell it was, somebody suddenly noticed there's no black people in the Hollywood Foreign Press Association after 50 years. I wouldn't really expect there to be. I would, in 20 years ago, I would not expect there to be because I don't think naturally there are black film critics from these countries. From countries like Germany, that um, the thing is not so- only did they not have a, a large African American population, they they tended to exterminate those who weren't white. So why would uh, <laughs> why would Germany, just for example, have a black foreign press representative? It makes no sense whatsoever. Well, so what the, the question is, I, w- I would throw back to you in 2021. Why would you not find the one black German film critic to put in the fucking group, so that your your group photo <laughs> didn't look like 93 white people? I'm like, I mean, you're I mean if, there, if there was proof of like a, a super talented black film critic in France who, dude, would, you, who kept getting shut out from being in, in the association, this would be, I, I don't I'm, think that exists. Though. I'm, not, I'm not generally not for affirmative action in, in almost all cases. But if I was representing a group that was in Hollywood in the entertainment business and I saw our group photo was 93 white people, old, fat, drunken white people, I'd be like, man, we got to fix this. Like, like even in the '80s, if you, I remember, I had friends like way going way back who worked at uh, junior people in investment banks, and it was all white, pe- just white people. But for the summer brochure, they'd find black and Hispanic people and women to come be interns for the summer, mm-hmm. and that's when they took their annual photo. 
So the, the photo on their brochure was always a multicultural, multigender, mixed race thing. Then summer ended, and all the black and the Hispanic people went back, and all the white people got their full-time jobs back, and there was not a single minority working in any of these places. But well, at least I'd, think of, I'd at least think of that if I was a Hollywood uh, foreign I, press. I so guess. Uh, so... I'm not blaming them for not. I'm, I'm blaming them for not even having the knowledge in 2021. You can't be in Hollywood and have not a single black person in your but organization. After all, the hubbub. Isn't there an element of sucking your own dick in this? In that, I didn't. I don't think of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association as being this esteemed job that everyone fucking wants. No. Well, it's a. I, I think you get a lot of free shit, right? You get a lot of goodie bags. Yeah, I'm sure it's not a bad gig, but I'm saying like, you're, a fil- you're a film critic. I've right? never heard anyone in the black community like c- tell me of their aspirations to become a member of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. Let's say you're putting together a dodgeball team in West Hollywood because I believe that's that's largely an excuse for gay sex, but I think they also have those in West Hollywood. I was on a dodgeball team in West Hollywood. My there was point, very little gay. Sex. My point. If you were put together a team like an intramural team of like 30 dudes. And they were all just pale white guys. You wouldn't notice that? Yeah, if you're putting it together now. But like you said, these people are all old. Well, what I'm saying is like, what I'm, Spike Lee's been bitching, and people have been bitching about the Academy Awards also for at least five or six years. Pretty hardcore now. Remember that the black boycott like three years ago? Yeah. So it's, it's not like, yeah, 20 years ago, I wonder, but like you would think in 2021, they would have figured out we can't just be all white anymore and just fix that somehow. But here's the bigger point. They didn't. Everyone suddenly pretended like it's a... Yeah, it's implied racism because you don't have black people in there. And now everybody who kissed their ass for decades is like saying, Tom Cruise, I'm giving back my fucking Golden Globes because I didn't realize it was a racist organization when I won. What the fuck he won for? I don't even know. Um, give back his awards. Everyone's like saying, I'm not going to be a part of the, boy- the boycott. NBC has now said they're pulling the show from next January because they don't believe that the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, which has promised to diversify, can diversify fast enough to make it worth, you know, to make it something they would put on the air. Like, this all happened, like, in a month or two after 50 years of everybody realizing what's going on and not giving a shit, and now they turn on this, and then people believe them, like, oh, Tom Cruise, like, that's great. Like, there was no black people 20 years ago. Why don't you give the awards back then? Like, how did you just, how did you just notice there's no black people in the Hollywood Foreign Press Association? Yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's always uh, hindsight, you know, um, it's it's the fickleness, the uh, the opportunism, the lack of conviction, yeah. and that something becomes popular. Yep. Like, this is a popular opinion that you need to have. And all of a sudden, you have that opinion. It bothers me. Here's a bigger one this week. Uh, Seth Rogen. Did you see in James oh, Breakup? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, Seth Rogen is just a complete, like, man-whore troll, friend troll. I don't know what the hell he is. But he was like, he gets stoned all the time. That's the thing. He's fat and stoned, and he plays a fat stone guy in movies, right? So whatever he got the lucky ticket, he got the guy to get to be in like seven or eight movies doing that, um, and now he has like a production company somehow and other stuff. But he just he actually moved into cannabis full time, which I applaud him for because that's all he's really good at is making weed. But he befriended like all the hot sh- young hotshots in Hollywood, James Franco, the whole crowd. You know, like fifteen years ago, they became buddy buddies and hung out at bars. Well, Fra- they were both in the Judd Apatow, crowd. the Pineapple Express movie, stuff like yeah. that. Good, I like James Franco by the way, and I thought Seth Rogen was pretty good in the movie too. But uh, they made a few movies together, stoner comedies kind of stuff. And they were actually buddies in real life, the whole little crew they had. They did all the roasts, the Comedy Central roasts, all that stuff. But the whole time this was going on, at least James Franco was being treating women horribly, right? There's all the stories, like even 10 years ago, he was talking to like 16-year-old girls on like message boards and asking them to come to his hotel. Which, which Seth Rogen knew at the time. Yes. And 
publicly acknowledged. And they joked about. And didn't care until they stopped making movies. Yes. And they don't really have a relationship. So, yeah, it's really convenient for him to say, you know, I'm, I'm super offended by this and yeah. I'm not friends with him anymore. Which I, I would honestly have more respect for him if he just said, I am friends with him and uh, people yeah. have problems. Yeah. Or this is not like a dude you just knew from work for, for many years or a guy you went to school with for many years. This is a guy you hung out with and trolled women with. And he's the assaulter. He's the assaulter kind of guy. And you hung out and like, maybe you didn't enable it, but you allowed it to happen. You joked about. It, you laughed about. It. I thought it was fun and games. And then some girl in, who was in one of the movies and the, the disaster artist came out like a couple of weeks ago and said that Franco tried to essentially rape me, or you know, was very sexually. I didn't know Franco was that much of a creep. I knew he was a creep, but I he's didn't. He's more like the t- like I'll start giving you shoulder massages and I'll be naked. I'll take my clothes off around you. He was naked in the movie. He's just that more weirder... Messaging girls he knows are 16 years old. Yeah, the gr- he's a groomer kind of guy. Yeah. Like I don't know if he's actually physically assaulted, but he's like the he's groomer. He's like a roofie type of guy. Yes, he's a, he's a date rape kind of guy. Yeah. And then laughs it off. Doesn't work well. He laughs it off. It's like I was just being... You know, we really tried to be gay for a while. He always <laughs> did that gay baiting thing where like... He, he did. He was gay for like a week. <laughs> yeah, where people... And he's like, I'm not going to say if I'm gay or not. He, he's that kind of douche dude. Yeah. But then for Rogan to say like, after all that, after 14 years, to go like... Yeah, I'm just not like I'm cutting that relationship off. I'm not part of that. Like I'm not part of that anymore. Um, I'm astounded by it. I can't believe it. I'm so just sickened by it. It, it. Then people go like, "Okay, that's good. You're good." Like what? Like no? Like he was like your best friend. You actually trolled women together. You actually saw him do all this shit. You not only said nothing. You actually they did a skit on SNL where they made fun of it. Right? I remember. Yeah. Um. And, and I, again, I have a very huge leeway for guy behavior, but. You can't turn on it. You can't just turn on it suddenly and then pretend that like you weren't part of it. You know, now you're 40, so 25 to 40 doesn't count. Doesn't count anymore. It's really pathetic. But in the way I saw it portrayed, you know, I I just read maybe a thing on CNN or something, but they gave him a pass. Yeah, they're like, oh, yeah, good for you, man. Yeah, I think so. It worked. He's an outspoken. I mean, his publicist, I guess, knows what they're doing. I, my theory is, was if you were an outspoken anti-Trump guy in Hollywood, you could legitimately do most anything you wanted. And people would like forgive you for it. He was like one of the most, like the top five outspoken, like called him an asshole every day on Twitter. I mean, with a guy with a big following. And I think that gave him so much bonus points that like people are like overlooking a lot of bad behavior for the right political. I mean, certainly if he was James Wood, he would be like, if he was James Wood, they would not let him disavow James Franco. Exactly. So I think it was a lot of that. And there's a baby face stoner thing. Like, well, there's, I mean, there's also that he, I think, has a pretty good record of not. Being a total creep outside of this particular yeah, he's thing. a pansy. He's just a pansy. He's like yeah. the, he was a pansy in the bitch relationship. <laughs> he was a bitch in the relationship. <laughs> but like, I, could you really just be an a- overlook? Could you be like Cosby's like bodyguard for fifteen years and after hundreds of women he fucking date rape drug? No, I mean I feel comfortable saying, and this isn't me trying to act like I'm I'm woke or anything, but there's a reason I don't have friends like that. I wouldn't be friends with no, anybody like that. No, no, not would, would I work with them? Yeah, I probably would. Yeah, of course. Hell yeah. But <laughs> no, I mean, because w- where do you separate it? But like, but if you're, if you're actually, if he's like, if you're hanging out together and he's like hitting on 16 year old girls, that's when you end the friendship, right? That's when you go like, exactly. Dude, dude like, like, and that was like 2012. But Rogan didn't do that. They no. were really close until uh, apparently he got a memo that, uh, Rape is frowned upon in Hollywood. <laughs> yes. Well, that woman came out, so the L.A. Times did the story or something. It always has to be an L.A. Times, New York Times story before anyone admits that it's happening. Right. Like everyone knows <laughs> it's happening, but when the L.A. Times reports, they all go like, "What?" <laughs> like I didn't know that James Franco was inappropriate with women after like all these years and all these stories from the set and every like. I think he was actually 
at UCLA, which hired him, by the way, I don't know, if, <laughs> yes. while knowing he was doing this. I think he was what he was doing was setting up bogus films just so he could cast actresses. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's so like skeevy stuff, guy. He's successful. Wasting people's time. And especially, like, he's a successful, probably wealthy, fairly wealthy, attractive dude. Why are you doing that? I mean, th- that's when I see, like, when I see, when I think about Bill Clinton, like, putting the cigar up the fat interns twat, I always think about, like, really? Like, you have a problem because, like, you can get, you can get, 90s Angelina Jolie, 1990s Angelina Jolie to come to be the White House and do a secret affair or whatever. Hot young actress, whatever. They love that shit. But you're doing the fat, you're doing the cigar with a fat, fat intern. Like, really? Like, like, there's something wrong, like sexually wrong with you when you want, like, you just can't take what's given to you and it's good stuff. You have to do like the weird. Uh, I'd so, yeah, unnecessarily weird, yeah. ritualistic shit. Casting a mo- fake movie <laughs> to like get a young. But I mean, it's not, I agree with your premise entirely but with clinton don't they monitor those guys can't have like a cell phone like if he tried oh, to yeah. have an affair with angelina jolie wouldn't it well i think everyone knew he it was everyone knew i think everyone knew he was banging the fat intern well that's what i'm saying because she's in the building <laughs> yes. but he can't be like calling people and shit. Uh, yeah maybe not jfk got away with a lot man i don't know yeah like, back in the day yeah, yeah. I just I don't I think the Secret Service keeps secrets, man. I think they're good at secrets. That's in their fucking name. I think they're actually good at secrets. <laughs> All right, Matt. For our final segment today, uh, let's talk about a subject you and I both know a ton about, which is women. <laughs> I love when we discuss women because I just assume there's like in our entire audience there's like probably one woman who listens. He goes like, no, 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 like no, and all the dudes are like, yes, they know women, and, all, and the one woman who listens is like, no, just stop, like you don't know. Yeah, like, like I, I think there are probably um, like advertisers should hire us because it, it is hard to have such a male audience. A lot of people try to do that, but they fail. Yes, like beer commercials and shit. We just turn off women so much that they just pull out of the group, and all that's left is men. Exactly. But um, but. It, I always try to caution myself that anytime I've ever listened, I'm sure you see the same thing, a TV show or podcast or anything, it's by women and they talk about men, but it's only by women. Mm-hmm. It always is the stupidest crap ever that has nothing to do with real men. Yeah. So I just assume that when we talk about women, that's how they feel about us talking about women. They're like, rightfully so. <laughs> yes, of course. That we're completely wrong about any perception or intuition we have about the female culture or female. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what we're talking about, but let's do it anyhow. Um, so we talked about Chrissy Teigen uh, when the show was starting. So, and you said, how did Chrissy, Chrissy Teigen became famous, which should be the most popular question on Google, right? because I'm pretty certain nobody actually knows the answer. And I think it's, well, she used to be on, she was a model, which again, uh, Tess Holiday last week said she was the obese model. So anyone can call themselves a model. She actually got some gigs. She was never, I don't find her very attractive. No. She's not model attractive for sure. Um, she's, you know, she's late, night, face. late night bar attractive, but she's not magazine model attractive but she is eurasian even in the in the you know not trying to like make fun of her appearance but no, let's she, do that. she just doesn't look like other swimsuit models no i mean i think, I think it's uh, she is eurasian so she's half norwegian half uh, thai or whatever it is which i think is exotic is an exotic thing so i think that helped a lot um because she was attractive enough and she was you know it's probably just hard to find norwegian thai models <laughs> you know eurasian model i did to me that sounds like something i would hire eurasian let's hire her she's eurasian but like, she doesn't. She doesn't have the body of the other. No, she's, she's shorter. No, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that body type. Don't be a don't be ashamed, man. It's your time to take it out on Chrissy Teigen, <laughs> or no, all women in general. Just, she doesn't fit into the picture. No, somehow. But when she was 20, I guess 22, she was good enough to get some swimsuit model stuff. Then she got an SI. She was featured in SI as one of like three or four be- three or four top women in the SI. Probably like 
what, 13 years ago, whatever. But her, the reason I knew her about her was she was on Twitter when Twitter first started. And she was actually funny. She was drunk all the time. She would get on Twitter at 1 in the morning, drunk, and just say the stupidest fucking drunk girl shit. Mm-hmm. And there was nobody else doing that at that time. What, it was like actually what real. kind of stuff was she saying? Oh, just like, just shit my pants. <laughs> just like, Gross. well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing now, but like, <laughs> I'm just shoving, I just went to Taco Bell, got like 12 tacos, and I mean, you know, whatever. She's like the, uh, the relatable girl. Yeah, why are my tit, why are my, why do guys keep trying to grab my tits at bars kind of stuff? Like, the rela- yes, super relatable girl, but also SI, you know, swimsuit model, swimsuit model, could tease with like, you know, the, fo- the half naked photos kind of stuff. Yeah, like, uh, I would say Sarah Silverman, because she's actually, has comedic talent. Mm-hmm. Chris Nika doesn't seem to have any talent other than she got drunk, wrote stupid shit. And then eventually she married, the yeah, she, she married John Legend, which was a huge congratulations to Chris Nika. Very smart move, <laughs> right? Yeah. She married a guy who owns his own, publish, owns his own music publishing. So he's, he's mega, mega set for life. I don't There's like a few other chicks that try and do that tomboy thing and, and fail at it pretty hard. Like yeah. Jennifer Lawrence does yep. it yep. and uh, Megan Fox, although she's not really doing anything anymore. But they're actually successful for other things they've done. Right. Christine was never, she was just that relatable model. Like you said, that girl in high school who was like kind of wanted by a lot of guys but, was rela- but would hang out with guys mm-hmm. as platonically and would get beers with you and stuff without being a bitch about it. So I think there was something, some appeal about that. I don't know what happened to that. But so it, it turned out, so she, now she has, a, of course, she had a baby, and now all she talks about, she's in all the women's magazines, talking about motherhood and childhood, and she had a miscarriage, and w- crazy working mom life. I love when Justin Timberlake's wife, Jessica Biel, goes on, Jessica, no, not Jessica Biel, whatever, yeah, it's Jessica Biel. Jessica Biel. And talks about how tough, you know, tough being a working mom is, like, because she does work three weeks a year, has two kids and seven nannies, like... You know, just that desperate need. That doesn't sound that tough. Getting <laughs> herpes from Derek Jeter, that sounds that yeah, sounds. Well, difficult. How much do I get? Because I, I'm think I, I, I might <laughs> go up for that. Um, but, like, you know, there's one... Re- like, Jessica Biel's not trying to sell herself as a mom product, necessarily. She just wants to, like, feel victimized like other women and relate to women. Women relate with their suffering, right? When, when guys meet, my theory is when guys meet other guys, they end up talking about how good at sports they were in high school. <laughs> like, they yep. always end up... Like, oh, yeah, man, you played varsity. Or yeah, how yeah. the coach fucked him. Yeah, how they could have been great, whatever it was. It's always a sports. I always love that with um, Married with Children, the Al Bundy character. Oh, he's talked about high school football. Oh, that was really? the only thing he could ever. That's his funny. life was miserable. He hated his wife. He sold shoes. He hated his whole thing. But anytime someone mentioned his high school football, he, like, lit up. That was the one thing that he was, like, a high school running back star. Like, at That's the, hilarious. He was a Polish guy, like, on the team. Right, right. Um, but but women relate to each other with suffering. Like, oh man, I have the kids. I haven't slept in seven days, or I had a whatever. I have to, you know, I'm, people say I'm fat, or like, and they relate. Ha, no, if they're not, Jessica Beale, you know, whatever perfect body has to relate to women somehow. I got shamed for breastfeeding in the mall. Yeah, even though it probably didn't really happen. Yes, all that shit. And uh, um, so you know, but Chrissy Teigen, they do that relatable thing. Like now I'm a mom and stuff, and it, they turn 180 from like. So it came out that she there's this woman named Courtney Stodden. I guess she's probably 26 now. Like 10 years ago, she was 16. She landed in Hollywood. Does she her, have a sex tape? Yeah, uh, multiple. <laughs> and uh, probably not until she was 18. Her mom, I actually met her mom, believe it or not, back at the time, um, work-related. Her mom was like weird, like a born-again Christian, but also like trying to get her daughter in Hollywood at 16 and selling her off to like old men for, for, you know, for marriages, for fake marriages to get like in the door. So it was the weirdest thing because she was like this born-again but also selling her daughter clearly into the sex, <laughs> sex slavery. So, so gross. Maybe that's biblical. I don't know. So she married. She came to Hollywood. She married. She was 16. She had fake blonde hair. She already had her first set of fake boobs. 
And she married the 52-year-old actor who was on like two seasons of Lost. No way. Yeah. Not any of the actors. Did you see Lost? Uh, it was terrible. I watched half an episode. Continue. Not any of the actors you might have recognized in the show. This guy played a like a secondary character in season three. He's and creepy four. looking though, right? Creepy looking, shorter, unattractive. You know, guy who plays the Weasley character in movies. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. But he was on Lost. He had residuals. <laughs> it was a hit ABC show. That was enough for what she could get at sixteen. Her mom had her marry this guy, and then she proceeded to do was trying to sell every reality show you could care think about where her breasts were hanging out, talking about being married to a guy three times your age, all that shit. And what what did she was she in like child? No, uh, was she an actress? She no, she just did she did photo sexy photo shoots. She did reality shows. She was playing a doctor. I'm looking at her now. She's like eighty pounds, and her tits her tits yeah. are somehow bigger than her body. Just big, huge, fake it's tits. Ridiculous. I'm sure she was on Doctor Drew Rehab, Celebrity Rehab. She looks ridiculous. <laughs> Side note: So you saw Tawny Katane, like the music video girl died. Yeah. And they were like talking about how like someone was talking on the air, like an entertainment reporter talking about how her career was actually doing pretty well in the last few years. Like she was on that Dr. Drew reality show. <laughs> that's like, not <laughs> yeah, that, that's like doing well. Well, that was for rehab. That was for drug rehab. I mean, she was actually on a show for drug rehab. You're not doing well if you're on that show. That's like that means you were in drug rehab. Dr. <laughs> Drew is such a phony piece <laughs> of shit. Do you know how hard it is just to to shoot a show? Yeah. Just to be on a reality show. I'm not saying you have to be talented. Sure. But the the effort, the stress level. Dr. Drew, do you think that could help someone in their recovery? Do you, do you think that would be oh, no, not at a all. bonus? No, I, I just assume... Or are you exploiting uh, oh, you're explo- degenerates? If you look at, like... I think Bravo TV has killed, like, 75 people just from being on the reality shows. Easily. Like, one of the guys hung himself. Like, the, desp- the, the housewife's husband killed himself. Like, he hung himself. Mm-hmm. He was so, like, upset from... It, just the stress of the show pushed him over the edge. He always had problems. Half of the p- people that they employ are fucking child molesters. Yeah. Mama June's... Uh, no, it's horrible. Uh, husband or whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. The st- uh, what do you call it? The Duggars? Yes. You, you're almost guaranteed to have a sex crime on your rap sheet if you... Uh, I like, by the way, a, a compliment, in a weird way, a compliment Josh Dugar because you and I both know, we talked about so many times that the pedophiles obviously get themselves in jobs or positions where they're around children, mm-hmm. like lots of children. He just made lots of children. <laughs> like, literally, like, he, like, has, like, 100 kids in his family. He was molesting his own... His I mean, he lives in Arkansas. He doesn't yeah. have the connections. No. So he's got to be... Like, where am I going to find 100 kids? Let's just make them, right? <laughs> like, and then I guess at some point their friends will come over, too. So, like, he's like, I can't be a Little League coach. I can't be a, a priest. Like, where am I going to find these kids? It just I'm going to fucking breed them. It sounds like a joke, but I think you might actually be <laughs> onto something. <laughs> um, so Chrissy Teigen did this... Uh, Courtney Stodden came in and at the time she was like tr- she was competing with Chrissy Teigen for like drunk chick on Twitter like getting hit up by people whatever I don't know how girls pick who they fight with I never really quite but understand is, it I mean she was threatened by her in is, some uh, way but Teigen isn't she's not going for the train wreck demo I feel like Stone well this was ten, this was ten this was ten years ago okay so they were both going for train wreck demo oh gotcha and I just think I I don't know how women find their their, their nemeses how they pick out their nemeses but somehow she picked up on Courtney Stodd and decided she was her arch enemy and just started writing on Twitter publicly like nasty shit about her mean you're stupid your tits are look stupid you know <laughs> going you know whatever like you're a whore kind of stuff you know mm-hmm. as only women can be because no guy would ever say that. Um, but it turns out in DMs, she was like basically telling her to go kill herself. Chrissy Teigen was telling Courtney Stodden, like, just die, end yourself, end your misery, all stuff like that. Um, and uh, uh, Courtney Stodden now, in retrospect, says she was already suicidal at the time because she was 16 and married a 52-year-old guy. And now Chrissy Teigen, who has a million followers on Twitter, DMing me to kill myself. Either way, let's say it's not a nice thing to do. Yeah. And But it's like Chrissy Teigen has, so she has like not just 
shady background. This is like a pretty nasty person, it seems like. But why do women accept these 180-degree conversions of, like, Kendra Wilkinson, she was on Playboy. She was having sex with Hugh Hefner. She was stripping at 18 and whatever. And now, by the way, we're going to buy her cookbook, her mommy book, her, like, how to raise children book. <laughs> like, she's going to go on, on tours and speak to women about empowerment. Would a guy, in a guy's world, could you ever imagine a male a celebrity known for being an asshole, whoremonger, party drunk, cocaine addicted a-hole who then suddenly does a 180 turn and now you're buying like life coaching experience in this guy or, you know, let alone taking your kids to go see him for empowerment speeches or talking about man, you know, empowering males or something like that. Can you imagine that kind of acceptance ever from guys? No, but but what is the 180? Like, I don't get the narrative here. Well, so they always, these women always like largely make their money off sex or some kind of sex appeal. Their tits. Their tits, and then stuff like that. And then in, in addition... In, in this case, it's both both yeah, of their careers are tit-driven. Yeah, or Kendra Wilkinson, fine. She didn't do anything wrong. She slept, had sex with Hugh Hefner, which seems pretty disgusting, and was on TV and was stripping. So Not like, unethical, though. Really. I don't hold that against her. But the idea that now she's going to give you mommy advice a year later seems a little <laughs> weird. Right. Chrissy Teigen, we learn out, we kind of like, we don't know what unscrupulous shit was in her background. How she, you know, she was a titty model essentially, whatever. Who now who said a lot of drunk stuff. Now it turns out she said mean shit. But now people are still going to like buy her cookbook, watch her on her judge show. Women like, well, women will accept this like Christ-like conversion, like just and, and you have to understand it's marketing, right? They're not actually converting. They're just a marketing ploy. <laughs> I, I was involved with the Kendra Wilkinson one. It's just a, mar- a pure marketing ploy. Right. Like once you're married and have kids, you can't be the stripper girl anymore or the whore playboy girl. You have it's to be the mommy not, girl. It's not really um, uh, convenient. Would you ever, can you imagine in the guy's world, ever a guy like Dan Bilzerian coming out and saying, that was me like six months ago, but now I want to tell you about abstinence, well, the, but abstinence there is, and family. There is a version of that, and I, I don't know if it's specific to males, but this has been going on for a long time. It's the motivational speaker that's like, you know, I used to shoot cocaine and suck guys off, but yes. I'm not gay, and then I'd wake up in an alleyway and, uh, you know, they stole money from my mom and... And uh, so let me tell you how to live your life. Yes. That's like, uh, but do guys actually no? I don't want to take advice from you because I never did any of that shit. Do any? But do any guys fall for that, or is it like? I mean, uh, outside I of mean, religious, outside they of religious get stuff, speaking engagements, really? like someone's falling for it. Like I, I see that in the religious world, like where the yes. pastor who's fallen still gets to come back and talk about Christ, you know, his redemption and stuff like that. And he's even a better pastor than he ever was before. But that's like a religious faith thing. Have you ever seen a guy like who's just known for being a huge? Like we mentioned Char- before the show, I mentioned Charlie Sheen. Mm-hmm. Like, could Charlie Sheen be, right, dad books, like legitimate dad books? <laughs> no, but only because he's such an egregious piece of shit. Like, yes. uh, Hunter Biden might be able to write a book at some point. Uh, really? You think so? I don't know. I mean, he did. He wrote a book about oh, biography. He I didn't know that. Yeah, he wrote... <laughs> he about wrote what? About his own life, where he just left out a few parts. Like, the, f- <laughs> you know, I don't... Think about Hunter Biden. I don't care about the drugs, the wow. prostitutes. The, the, I don't even care about the shady deals his dad got him, the nepotism, whatever. I don't give yeah. a shit about that. I assume every rich guy, every rich kid is doing the same shit. But the fact that he slept with his dead brother's wife, I will never get over that. Like, he legitimately, after his brother died, like, four or five years ago, brain cancer, he legitimately hooked up with it. And I know, it's, of course, it was their adult. It was mutual, all that stuff. But she's obviously shaken, right? And even if she's not shaking and she's coming after you, you cannot have sex with your dead brother's I mean, wife. I, I blame her equally, but... Uh, I, don't, I don't blame her because, uh, I guess it's sexist. She's a woman. She, her husband just died. 
And it's under discussed how weird that is. It's and, and inexcusable on every level. That is like even like I think even Kentucky level redneck trailer park <laughs> would be like, dude, you are not Daryl, you are not doing that. Like no. like the mom would step in and say, This is not happening. Like and they all they and even Joe has even Joe Biden has to like do this fake thing where he pretends like he was supportive. They were such a beautiful couple. Just love, you know. They had to like come up with lie, family lies to explain it. You know, after the camera stopped rolling, he's like, "What the fuck? Seriously? Yeah, yeah. seriously? Yeah, really? Like, like, I don't mind you banging the Arkansas stripper, even making a baby with her. That's you're gonna do. You're a fifty year old. By the way, who's a fifty year old crack addict? A male, rich white guy, crack addict at fifty. It's just like there's Hunter Biden, like nobody else. He has no teeth. No, he has a. The, I mean, I I know a lot of. Guys in Hollywood are fifty and cocaine addicts. Yeah, I don't know any crack, any like rich crack addicts. Like guys that smoking the pipe in the motel room with the hookers. There's a level, like maybe this guy smokes crack occasionally. You know, like your Denzel Washington type of guy. And then there's like you're a full on crackhead. Yeah, who's holding down a job on an energy board somehow? But you're you're like you're not you're not like a a user. You're a a crackhead. Yeah, I mean, guy, people in LA want to eat fast food. They don't want to be seen eating a fast food. They're not going to do crack. <laughs> that's like that's the inner city black drug, right? They're not going to do the ghetto drug. Right. They're going to do high end whatever someone tells them is high end cocaine or uh, ecstasy from some you know French dealer or whatever. They're not going to do cr- smoke that's fucking take a enough. pipe, take a pipe out and start smoking crack. I mean, <laughs> that's like that you know is that you know is like one of the most addictive substances in the world. Just uh, crazy. So I think the answer to this question is no. Guys will not put up with that 180 bullshit. Like, we, we, we give people reputations. We don't ever give them up, right? We just don't. Yeah. So, I mean, you're not going to go one day like, man, that Russell Wilson, he's really macho masculine, dude. <laughs> like, that's, it could be 30 years from now. You're never going to give into that, right? So is it the, the women are a little bit more emotionally driven? Is that maybe I think they believe in forgiveness probably more. They're more empathetic. They're more empathetic. And they also, I think, in, internally, I think guys are more honest in the sense that they go like, Look, I'm I have all these faults and I know I have them and they're never going away. Mm-hmm. Whereas women are more aspirational, like, yeah, I used to be this way. I used to be bitchy and cunny and and, and cheat on people and stuff like that. But I, that was the old me. Now I can have this conversion where I'm a new me. Because every magazine, women's magazine is always the new you, right? Mm-hmm. Like lose weight, you're a new person, or <laughs> get a get a new outfit, you're the new per- you're a new person. That whole rebirth thing is like very strong with women, whereas I think guys are much more honest. They're like, nah, I'm the same dick I was 10, 15 years it's, ago. That's it's not going almost away. like a more optimistic philosophy, but it, yeah. it's also pretty shallow at the same time. It's shallow and it makes you I mean, I, I'm just assuming that all these telephone scam artists are mostly hitting up women, <laughs> like <laughs> you know, like the ones like who's like who's gonna give like that that guy on the phone giving the sob story money? It's gonna be the old lady. It's never the old dude. The old dude's never giving that guy money. Yeah, it's always the old lady. I think they're just there's a forgiveness, and then there's and there's just a desire. I think to have these women in your lives, and well, and to think that people are redeemable and that people can better themselves, and it's mostly untrue. People are for the most part just who they are. I think that's that's a guy point of view, and I think it's totally true. I think it's I think it's more aspirational. I think women are looking inside themselves and thinking like. Yeah, she used to be a whore stripper who fucked an old guy for money, but fuck, I did that too. Like now I can be like the best mom at the PTA, the PTA mom, just like Kendra Wilkinson. See, so I'll bring up if I if I get into a fight, like a verbal argument with yeah. someone, which I don't like doing, I'll bring up old shit all yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yes. That's all I'll do. Yeah. Oh, women are women are not. They're not. You're not married yet, but the women are not beyond that. <laughs> Rebecca and I, are like, I'm like, oh, come on. The first Bush was president then. I don't know what the hell. Like, by the way, you get a little older too. You lose your memory. And I think women have sharper memories than men do, so they will bring up shit from like years ago, and you can't even def- you don't even know you don't even remember. The, the well, ye- I shape my memories according to 
the narrative I want. Oh yeah, of course. They're not a... factually accurate. No, no, whatsoever. My uh, my my wife remembers the story when I made her when she was pregnant carry the heavy garbage cans down the street, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm thinking in my head like, okay, this was this was a while ago, so like. Would I be the asshole who would actually let a pregnant woman like lift an 80-pound trash can down to the sidewalk? It doesn't seem like me. It could have been me, right? Well, you probably just she seems really, She's told this story like every time we meet with any new people. That story comes out after like two drinks. And I'm thinking, like, and they're looking at me like, you let a pregnant woman carry? Like, I'm like, I don't, rem- I don't think so. I really don't. But like, now it's the lore. Now it's like lore. It's like urban legend, right? It's now become she's, a fact. She's got that. I can't, I can't say she's like... She's got that in her back pocket. Do I, I don't remember what happened in 2005. <laughs> Fuck, I can't remember like last week. <laughs> That's our show for this week, Matt. You have something you wish to pimp and promote? Uh, yeah, just uh, Murder on Ice podcast. I, um, I'm going to sound like a dick here, but I think it's the best true crime podcast I've ever heard. Uh, speaking of my wife, my wife listens all the time. She loves the show. Um, she may be your biggest fan, which is like the like from Misery, Stephen King's is Misery. That, does that bother you? <laughs> no, I think it's more like Misery. She's going to kidnap you and hobble you and oh, cut your feet off and make, right, you write, right. make you do more podcast episodes. That's a great movie. Uh, love it, love it. Um, oh, I just read a story about that movie. Quick aside. Uh, they originally had uh, George, Roy, George Roy Hill was supposed to uh, direct the movie, but in the original, I guess in the book, I didn't read, they actually chop his feet off instead of hobbling him. Oh. She takes an axe and cuts both his feet off. And the director said, I don't, I don't want to be that. I don't, that's not the movie I want to be a part of. Yeah. It's just too much, too gruesome, too whatever. It would be hard guy. to pull off, too. Yeah, but I guess that was part of the, the original story. And then, so they got Rob Reiner to direct it eventually. He agreed to do that. And then when they were starting to shoot, they said, no, that's just too much. Like, let's do the hobbling thing. Right. And um, and the writers agreed. That was all. Like, they were glad they didn't do the acting scene because it would have been a wholly different movie. It would have sucked. <laughs> it would have. Right, second aside, Stephen King actually said that he, the Annie in the movie was a metaphor for his drug abuse, that he was trapped in his cabin from drugs, and she mm-hmm. was like representative. Another, another different story. Uh, check out Murder on Ice. Uh, by the way, if you become that guy who covers serial murderers and becomes a serial murderer... <laughs> That will not be surprised me because you're from the Northwest, where they all come from, anyhow. <laughs> so if like, that's always like the murder mystery writer lady always poisons her husband. Yeah, it's just it's not even a good cover anymore. No, no, like people are people who like it's the same people who become psychiatrists are all crazy fucked in the head. Yeah, same exact idea. Uh, check out my kitty stories on Good Nature Stories. Other stuff coming out. Uh, this is Lex. Last one on Earth. Talk to you next week. To piss off. Oh, fudge, he is wanker, he wears wanker's ass. He hangs around with Bill Gates, now to sell the COVID facts. And everybody laughs when he says you must wear a mask. If he's really a doctor, then he should be brought to task.